listening to From The Jump, where we keep the convo going with the latest and greatest in hip-hop. With your hosts, Mr. White and Syllable. They tell it like it is. From The Jump. What up, what up? This is Syllable with Mr. White, your host for From The Jump, continuing our stunning interview with Wordsworth, founder of MTV's Lyricist Lounge debut album, Mirror Music, working on new projects now, got a feature on Netflix's Mr. Peabody, he's got a new book out. Uh, Wordsworth, we'd like to continue the conversation on the long lines of your opinion of hip-hop then and now. Do you think there's been a value shift uh, in hip-hop? Because one of the things that you you see is that a lot of folks that are uh, from the, the 90s and the 80s era, there's a lot of talk about, you know, is hip-hop dead, you know, not to rip off of Nas's eponymous title for that for the album, but just the concept of, like, what is culture versus a genre of music when it comes to hip-hop and when it comes to things like that, you know, and I've struggled with this myself because I grew up, you know, uh, in a different era, and I grew up before cell phones were out, before social media was invented, and so I've, you know, I've seen the transition into that, but I've seen, you know, a lot of times right now, it's like, okay, you look nice, you got ice, right? You're able to formulate, have a formulaic style versus someone in that era, like Tupac, who he wasn't trying to rap about things he didn't experience or live in order to, to, get, there, to get in the game, right? He was just, it was descriptive. It was a narrative. It was talking about what he had gone through. And now there's a question of authenticity. There's a question of, you know, uh, are you having everything that you've done ghostwritten? If you're ghostwriting your whole rap persona, what does that really mean? You know, there's questions about that with Drake. There's there's all types of interesting intersections between, well, with newer hip hop, you also see more genre bidding. You see a lot of a lot of overlap. And some of that's good, some of that I'm not a big fan of, but you know, there's this whole concept of hip hop purists. And yep. You know, it's a debatable topic because who can say there's not a hip hop police? Who's to say what is or isn't hip hop? But at the same time, it's interesting to think about. I think you have to separate the fan from being and from you. You have to separate you from being a fan and you wanting to be in the music business. Mm. Mentally, like I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I don't like everything, but I know me doing music is for the business and in the business, what's the best decisions for the business. So for me, my business model may not fit those other people's business model. So I'm not putting that out. You know, if, you know, if I'm a, whatever, it could be like, you could be an organic company, you know, you're not trying to put out those particular products. So you stick to what you're doing, but I have no hard feelings about other people's way that they want to conduct their business. So I have to make sure that I'm separating my fan feelings from my business aspect, because if I don't, you're going to lose out on opportunities. Also, you lose out on the fact that you're not actually evolving as a company and you're your company. So if you don't learn and watch these other techniques, your company may shut down based on the fact that when opportunities knock, you don't know how to do that particular service. So I look at it like that. So I think that's what's helped me be around is the fact that I've, I, I can write any style. So I've written stuff for other things because I didn't say, you know what? That's not really my style. I don't like that. Instead, I said, all right, well, let me learn how to do that because I would like to have some songs in a movie. I would like to have a song on TV. I would like to write songs for cartoons. I would like to do that. 
And writing all that other stuff has nothing to do with me out there on the corner <laughs> rhyming for 20 hours and me rhyming, you know, some underground stuff. That's just not global in some regards. So you got to really be able to separate uh, your mood from the moment. And if, you, if you're in this business, if you're in the business aspect of doing it, you want to make sure you're leaving doors open for opportunities. If you can be a purist. I'm a purist. You know, I make sure I make songs for my albums that I think people dig, but I also like making songs that I think evolve with sounds I like. But then also I leave the door open because if somebody says, hey, I need a country record written for this movie or I need a pop song for this movie. Cool. I can write it. Now, that won't be on my album, though. Mm -hmm. So so there's a difference. It's just the fact that you don't want to close your business down if that's what you're doing. It's nothing wrong with being a purist and having it as a big business. I think it's almost like starting from the mailroom and then you become this big enterprise and then. All of a sudden, you just like, you know, only want to worry about when the time's in the mailroom. You don't care about nothing else going outside the business. <laughs> you like, you know, I'm just sticking up. No, you want to learn every part of the business. Who's your competitors? Why are they doing well here? Who's doing that? They, you know, even though I've been from the mailroom with it and I know every part going up and I respect it, I need to expand. I think you, you want to be global in, in other businesses. So I think that's where we are, man. I'm about business aspect first. That's Mr. Weiss got a question next, but uh, that's one of the best breakdowns that I've seen uh, when it comes to that, because, you know, I've ran street ciphers uh, that went on run a boom box four years uh, in Austin, you know, and hip hop open mics here. And so we've seen all types and there's all types of debates that go on about that, that concept and that topic. And so I love the way you put it there. I was hanging out with uh, one below from binary star when during the South by show, he was here and uh, we were talking about this and he was talking about, you know, the ability to to judge a song that you've written yourself as just a fan of hip hop versus this is something I've written and how that adds uh, an extra ability on being able to make sure you're crafting music right. I think I think the main thing I always tell people, this is my analogy. When when you come to me for anything. Can I go in my tool shed and go get the pliers for it? Can I go in there and get the ratchet for it? If you can't go in that tool shed and get a tool for whatever the situation is, then you got to figure out where to get that tool at or go buy that tool. So I feel, I feel anybody can come to me and ask me for any type of song, whatever the genre. If, I, if all I would have to do is listen to the genre for a few and then I can figure out if I got the track, I can write it because I can go to the tool shed for that. If you can't go to your tool shed for that, I'm gonna be way more valuable than you. So you gotta ask yourself, can you go to your tool shed and do that flow? Can you go to the tool shed and write that song? Can you go to your tool shed and got that? I got everything in my tool shed, I feel. Mm, powerful. So I would like to follow that up with, with you know, like you're saying, being, being a purist or versus just, you know, running your business. Those are two different aspects. You gotta be prepared for either. Uh, right. But, you know, in terms of what you like uh, as, as, a, as a person, what sounds good to your ears? Are there any artists like in the past couple of years that, that you've been checking for or that you, you may have worked with and you're like, this, this artist is what I like in terms of style and flavor? Yeah, I like, I like Griselda. Okay. You know, I like, I like all Griselda. Um, I like, that's a good, that's a, that's a great group of people to look at. Yeah, they got songs with everybody, 
you and know, that style, is, that style isn't like like they're on modern beats, but they rapping like they from the nineties and it's nineties. Yeah, like, and they brought people into them. They built it up organically. Yeah, but there's no way you're gonna tell them if they need to do a song for the Super Bowl, they won't have a song for the Super Bowl. I'm sure, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. So they they understand the business aspect of it. So you have to end that. So I love Griselda. Uh, my boy Irv Ford, which he he actually is working with Fleet from Griselda, but he also rhymes. He'll be on my my new album. Uh, my other boy named Pav Bundy, uh, he's super dope. He got an album out called Nurture vs. Nature. I just listened to that the other day. He's real dope. Um, let me see, who else do I listen to? Um, those are really some of the main people that I listen to that are new, that yeah. I say, that I respect like the bars. That get me excited to write. You know, I can listen to Benny Freestyle and be excited to write. I can listen to Conway and be excited to write. Mm -hmm. um, and that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Like, I love that song uh, with Con with um, Benny and 2 Chains. Love that song, wow. you know. Okay. Uh, that's a combination right there. Yes. You know, back in the days, it wouldn't probably be a Benny with 2 Chains. You know how it was back Not then. really, not really, you know. Right, right. So, um... That's the understanding I think you have to have. I think a lot of a lot of us from our era just really was shunning that vibe because it's like, no, nah, that's not the real hip hop. And honestly, like I think the real hip hop or the real whatever it is is just really whatever you can do business wise. It, that's that's real. Business is real. Life is real. <laughs> you know. So that's that's to me. You know. I also believe like, you know, music moves with, with the generations and the youth typically powers the sound, right? And although it might be like, oh, okay, well, this sound is what I believe is the true sound. It's like, well, that's gonna change. The audience is gonna change. You, you know, your audience may change as well. They may, may mature. Some artists, like you say, aren't able to evolve even with their own audience. They might have an audience, but they might still be talking about, you know, like I think Jay-Z does a good job of this where it's like, he had, he's not talking about his dope boy rhymes like he used to right. today. He's he's talking about you know empowerment yeah. and community and, and doing. He's just he's just doing different stuff, but he's still relevant because the people that grew up listening to him want to hear that from him now, and they're they're they you know they're continuing to follow along, and he's continuing that that brand of being able to be mature with the art. And I uh, you know I respect anybody who could do that. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. been interesting. A lot of artists that have been dropping stuff like the way I see it, man. I keep it one thousand. The way I see it is, you can't be afraid to do it. If you if you know punching words, we did a song called I ninety five and I'm rhyming double time. I did that. We did that like twenty some years ago. I'm rhyming double time. So like I don't. I'm never on some like worried about what people are going to think if it's going to be dope. Mm. You know, we did that with uh with a famous group called Allure, which is still doing singing, and they were signing trimasters and stuff like that. So I'm not opposed to trying stuff. If you get it, once you're opposed to trying stuff, it's a wrap. It's yeah. almost like, you know, if you, like I said, if you think about a company of anything, it could be making microphones, and there's some new technology about microphones, and the company's like, nah, we're not messing with that technology. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, this is the new technology. I just say, find what fits for you. So if it's the new wave sound, find that sound. And how do you flip? It? How are you going to flip that sound? Like, you can be like, oh, that's fire right there. I like that beat right there. And the sound, all right, I'm going to come on this approach. You know, you don't have to follow. 
I think where, where it gets murky is when you're doing the content of what's going on that doesn't fit you. But I think if you put your content on top of those particular tracks, you'll be fine. I like that analogy and I like that perspective. I think uh, another analogy I would make in the business world. So I run my own business. So I'm, I'm big yeah. into entrepreneurship and all that. You study those that adapt and those that don't. Right. You look at Blockbuster. Why? Why did they go out of business? Did you know that like the founders of Netflix actually approached them beforehand and said, hey, we got this great idea for streaming. They turned them down. What happened to Blockbuster? They're a relic now because they didn't adapt and pivot. So you got to see what's working and adapt that to what you're doing. So I, that's a definitely agree with your perspective on that. I think I think all right, this is how I look at me, who I am. When I started, I was a rapper. As I got older, I became a writer. So I'm not I'm a writer first before a rapper. So, you know, you don't really, you probably can't even establish yourself as understanding that's who you are until you get opportunities. Because your opportunities kind of define what you can do and who you are as life goes on, no matter what it is. It just is how it is. So as I got older doing other things and writing for other things, then I'm starting to understand that, oh, I can write that. Oh, I can write this. Oh, I can do this. And even though I'm a rapper, I'm writing all this other stuff. I'm actually a writer now. You know, that's more important is being the writer is more important than the rapper. So that's how I would look at it. You know, um, so I think you have to ask yourself, are you uh, are you a writer or are you a rapper? If you're a rapper, then you're probably going to just be concerned about what your rap sound like. I'm not concerned really only with the, the rap part of it. I'm more concerned with do I have the skills to write rap and everything else? Because that is what, what I want to become as I get older. As you get older, the opportunity is going to change. I can be a rapper now, right? I get older, I might not be doing rap music no more, but I might be doing commercials. Can I write for the commercial? Yeah. you got to master the music business. So you obviously have business smarts as well as music smarts. I mean, your music's been featured on SpongeBob, SquarePants, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, and you also are on Netflix's Peabody and Sherman, talking right. about the history of the Ferris wheel with uh, Prince Paul from De La Soul. And right. I actually uh, did a show with him a long time ago um, at a venue in Austin, Texas, where we're based out of. And he's a he's a cool ass dude. But uh, yep. what's it like seeing yourself uh, as a cartoon and, and working on Netflix? That must be fly. Oh um, yeah, man. It's it's really me and Prince Paul are the same publishing administrator. So Paul was working on Dex's laboratory and um, I, I assume she, she, when Paul and her knew each other, I didn't know Paul that much yet. So then um, she called me and she's like, hey, Paul is working on this. Want to see, you know, I brought your name up. He said, cool, try him out. So I go to Paul's house. We wind up doing the Dex's laboratory back to the lab again. It, it works. Bam. You know, it's, Comes a big deal. They make it. They even make a video for it and everything. It's on every commercial. It worked. Yeah. So then the SpongeBob comes up. Yo, let's try it again. You yeah, know, nice. think, why not? If they take, because he was already had the deal to get the music on it. He was kind of like bringing me along to see if hey, let's see if we can make it something else. Uh, SpongeBob works. Bam, got it. Said okay. Peabody Sherman comes again. So you know, I shout out Michelle, my publishing administrator, because she's the one that gets all these TV things and stuff. And next thing you know, boom, the Ferris wheel thing works. So we're on the phone with DreamWorks, you know, and 
Wow. Talking to them, you got to ask questions. All right, what are you looking for? You know, these are the two episodes we're looking for. And all right, so um, this is the date. So they gave me a specific date. All right, this is the date of timeline we're trying to stay in. So I just did my research. I go find some stuff. And then that particular beat for it is a reference to an R&B song that I had in my mind. Now, if I'm up there going hard against, yo, we got to keep this grimy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I'm for some pure stuff, like, yo, I need, a, I need a crazy, you know, grimy. I'm, I'm, I'm all of it. I was nothing like that. I'm never, that's not my mind. My mindset was like, yo, you know that song that's out? It sound like this. It's a big record. Boom, boom. Something like that. And then got it. And it worked. And they loved it. Uh, that's my wife singing on the hook. And oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So it works. And, uh, you know, but that goes to show you what I'm saying as far as my mentality was as soon as I knew what we were doing, I tapped into the pop bag. I was like, okay, let me go to the pop culture sound. Let me see what's popping now. So there's a, there's a, it's a big record that came out that inspired me directionally on what to do. You know what I'm saying? And, um, that's what that's what I mean by the tool shed is just the fact that I didn't stick to, yo, got to do get some real underground drums. Nah, man, this that's not the situation on call for that. You know what? What is the situation call for? Are you able to go in the tool shed? Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, I've had I've had some calls to do some stuff for you know various different uh, artists, and even when I had the studio, we recorded you know rock bands and country bands and right. you know we had foreigners coming I had a rapper from Greece come in and right. he was hot I, I swear that was the he was talking about the the Greece austerity over there because they you know they were experience they're experiencing way worse you know disparity in income levels over there they got a lot of young people graduating not able to get jobs and stuff like that even worse so than America and it was just like but when he got on that mic I was like I was like, my God, like it's it's American rappers that don't go this hard, but it's just like, you know, it, every situation you have to be prepared to deal with whatever this person is going to request, how they're going to come and, you know, yeah. just doing think, the right think, thing for every situation. If, if you think about it, you know, artists, if you're an artist, what does an artist do? Like artists create, you know, like I'm an artist. If that's what you want to call me, yeah, he's a, that's a dope artist. He can, all this deals with creating, you know? So I think you have to be able to be flexible and, and be willing to bend like that. And that's that's just how I see it, man. So if, if that's not your bag, then you kind of are selling yourself short. I agree. I think a lot of folks sell themselves short when, when they ain't able to adapt. I love that analogy that you were talking about with the microphone company. If a new technology comes out with the microphone company and they're like, nah, we're gonna stay old school because that's what we're used to, they're gonna go out of business. So having that perspective, shifting it from just being a fan of the music to saying, I'm a business person in the music industry, I have to make business decisions, that's super key, that's super key. I also love that tool shed analogy, uh, you know, figuring out, well, can I find that tool in the tool shed? Can I find the pliers for it? Can I find the hammer or the ratchet? Like you did with the uh, Peabody and Sherman show for Netflix, going into the toolkit, into the tool shed, finding out that pop culture tool to use for that. That's that's dope. I can see how that would give someone an advantage if they can go into the tool shed and whip that out 
and make stuff happen. Well, listen, Mr. White and I really sincerely appreciate you jumping on the podcast. It's been uh, an honor to speak with you. We look forward to talking with you on the next podcast to wrap it up for this episode from the jump. And I just want to say that, you know, it's it's very informative to hear from someone who has had success in the music business on, on multiple levels and being able to understand why it's important to keep up with the trends, keep up with the Joneses. I think a lot of us resist that because we don't want to be typecast. But at the same time, understanding that you can adapt new techniques in rap and flip it to mean for your own content instead of misrepresenting yourself for false content with a new technique as well, right? That mismatch is going to make you sound off. We have this in, a, in our episode about 10 things we hate about hip hop is about folks that are not authentically representing who they are. And I think part of that comes from that struggle of saying, well, I'm going to try a new technique, but I'm also going to mutate my content to sound like someone I'm not right. That's, that's not going to work as well. So it's just, just you dropping jewels. No blood diamonds here, but definitely dropping jewels. And I, I was I was very fascinated, and Mr. White is as well. As we've talked about this, is being a writer versus being a rapper, and the different opportunities like writing for commercials that pop open when you have that shift of perspective. Well, we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of From the Jump. Peace, peace.